The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford and Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. Baseball is back again. Opening week has concluded. We continue on the journey to see who will lift the Commissioner's Trophy. The Tigers fall to the White Sox. But to get a huge win this afternoon against the Boston Red Sox. While the Guardians struggled and split the series against the Royals. While the Reds find a way to split the series against the defending champion Atlanta Braves. The Battle of the Ohio Cup begins tomorrow night. While here in Ohio, the Mudhens are back in action. Trying to find the winning ways from opening day. We'll talk about it tonight. The jacket season is coming to an end. I got a chance to head up north and south this past week. We'll talk about the games against Philadelphia and against Detroit on Saturday night. A huge win on Saturday night. We'll dive into that. As the Walleye also continue to their run and their march to the playoffs. While the Magnolias and the Azaleas see a new champion at Augusta National Golf Course. While we have shocking news in the world of pro wrestling as well. It's been a week. I hope you enjoyed our MLB preview show because I did. But it's time to get back to work. It's time to talk baseball. It's time for All Andy Alfred! Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Two, two, it's time for all Andy Alfred. And with that, I say, oh, I love you guys. And welcome into another edition of all Andy Alfred. Right here on your exclusive home for me. And that is with the Anchor Network. Whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher. However you listen to this show. Wherever and however, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for tuning into the show, and thank you for giving me your time and your effort to listen to what's happening in my life, as well as what's happening in the sports world. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. And welcome into the show today on this the 11th day of April, 2022. Yes, we have made it through the week. We have made it through crazy week, I called last week. We'll dive into why I say it was crazy week all week, last week, in just a little bit. But first and foremost, before I begin, I want to thank Lucas Sigerson as well as Logan Carr 
for a terrific show we had for you guys last week. Of course, the MLB Preview Edition show. We've got major reviews for a great response from you, the listeners, and you, the fans. I, I, I am truly out with the outpouring of support. Thank you for everything, for giving me, giving us the platform to listen to what we had to say about who we think are, is going to win the World Series this year, and as well as other teams as well. Uh, we are planning on trying to get Nick Devera to come on the program and do a spot, 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 a spot start to talk a little bit about baseball in his perspective as he is an MLB writer. Uh, we're, we're looking towards doing, getting that soon for you guys as we are just early, really very early in the season as we're, what, three or four days into the season starting. Uh, but uh, we got a lot to get into tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about the Masters and Scotty Scheffler winning the Masters. And and I watched a lot of golf. I watched a lot of golf over the past week, and we'll talk about that. Uh, also, we're going to dive into what happened on the ice. Of course, the Walleye continuing their push to the playoffs as they took on big tests in front of them with Fort Wayne as well as the Wheeling Nailers. Also, we're going to dive into the Jackets report as well. Big games for the Jackets. Of course, two of the three last games that the Jackets played at, I was in attendance. And we'll talk about what I witnessed at Nationwide Arena as well as what I saw on Saturday night at Little Caesars Arena as well. Also, we will dive into the major news in major in uh, professional wrestling, of course. The American Nightmare is now on WWE. So that is a big storyline as well. Also got to talk about the March Madness, of course. And our announcement of our winner, of course, our winner was, of course, my wife, Amanda Gilliam, or Amanda Alford now. Uh, she won as a Gilliam 60 is her old name, but she won the um, the right to be on the program as well as dinner on me as she finished in the top spot as she had Kansas winning the whole thing. She didn't have her final four right, but she did have Kansas, and she had the most amount of points, so she does win the bracket challenge so it's good for her and it's good for me because you know i know what she wants to eat and she'll be on the program later on later on this month and we'll have a discussion on whatever she wants to talk about on the program so that is all of the roundup for you guys and tonight we're gonna lead off of what we just saw tonight over at comerica park as the tigers took on the boston red sox but let's take a, a few steps back and let's take a look at opening day for the Tigers. The Tigers welcomed in to the start of the 2022 season at Comerica Park. The Chicago White Sox, the Southsiders themselves, to Comerica Park. And it was a weird ending to the game on, on Friday. Now, this game was back and forth. Eric Haas putting the cover, hitting the cover off the ball to tie the game. In the late stages of the game, and to honestly put him in contention was just surprising. But the way that this game ended with the wall ball situation that happened, you know, and I love that replay got it right. I love that replay got it right, and they are absolutely right. And they walked it off, walled it off, in my opinion, as the Tigers beat the Chicago White Sox 5-4. to four. As Javier Baez with the wall, the wall off walk off, 
as the Tigers win 5-4. Soto, the win, he goes to 1-0 with a 9 ERA. Hendricks, the loss, he goes to 0-1 with an 18 ERA. Eric Haas, homering his first of the season. And Vaughn for the White Sox, homering his first of the season. So the Tigers getting a big win on that front. As Haas homering in the ninth inning off of Hendricks. As it was Eduardo Rodriguez starting for the Tigers. He went four innings pitch. Had gave up four hits, three runs. Those three runs were all earned. Two walks, two strikeouts for an ERA of a 6.75. But like I said, Soto the win. He pitched an inning. He gave up a hit, a run. That run was the Vaughn home run. Uh, one earned, one walk, no strikeouts. The one home run in his outing. For Hendricks, he got the loss, He, but it was G Lucas Giolito starting for the White Sox. He went four innings pitch, one hit, no runs, none earned, two walks, six strikeouts. His ERA is a solid zero ERA. Hendricks, the loss, he went, pitched an inning, four hits, two runs, all two were earned, two walks, two strikeouts, the one home run he gave up to Eric Haas in front of 43,480 happy fans. At Comerica Park, time of the game, three hours and 30 minutes it took to play on Friday night, Friday afternoon at Comerica Park. And then we get to Saturday afternoon, and the White Sox did get the better of the Tigers. As Cease gets the win, he goes to 1-0 with a 1.80 ERA. Casey Mize, the loss, he goes to 0-1 with a 7.20 ERA. As Bumner, the save, he gets, the, he gets his first save of the season. Grandal, homering for the White Sox, his first home run of the season with a huge 5-2 win over the Tigers. The Tigers had two runs on seven hits, no errors. The White Sox, five runs on ten hits, one error in the game. For the Tigers, it was Mize going five innings strong, seven hits, four runs. Those four runs were earned, no walks, two strikeouts, one home run, the Grandal home run, his ERA a 7.20 in the game. Michael Fulmer did pitch in the game. He won an innings pitch giving up only two strikeouts, no runs, and no hits in the game. For the White Sox, it was Cease winning five innings strong, two hits, one run. That run was earned, three walks, eight strikeouts for an ERA of a 1.80, and he was the winner of the game. Bummer the save. He went an inning pitch, two hits, no runs, none earned, three strikeouts as the time of the game was 3 hours, 11 minutes, 17,469 in attendance at Comerica Park on Saturday. The concluding game of the series saw the Tigers fall 10-1 to to the White Sox. As Crick gets the win, he goes to 1-0 with a 6.75 ERA. School with a loss, he gets the loss. He's now 0-1 with a 9 ERA. Vaughn homering his second of the season for the Tigers in the game. One run on two hits and two errors for the White Sox. Ten runs on 12 hits. No errors in the game. As it was for Vaughn, his second home run in the seventh inning off of Rodriguez. As Kopnik started for the White Sox, he went four innings pitch, two hits, one run. That run was earned, two walks, three strikeouts. His ERA now a 2.25. But Crick, the winning went an inning pitch, giving up only one strikeout. His ERA a 6 point. 7-5 for the Tigers in the game. It was Scooble going four innings strong, seven hits, five runs. Four of those runs were earned. One walk, three strikeouts. His ERA, a 9 ERA. Time of the game, two hours and 56 minutes, 15,712 
in attendance at Comerica Park. So the Tigers fall 2-3 to the Chicago White Sox. They now welcome in the Boston Red Sox for a quick three-game series before four games in Kansas City. And tonight, the this afternoon, the Tigers welcomed in the Red Sox, and the Tigers get the big blast by Javi Baez in the eighth inning to give them the 3-2 win this afternoon. Baez's first home run as a Detroit Tiger uh, J.D. Martinez homering for the for the Red Sox. As Michael Former gets the win, he goes to 1-0 and with a 0 ERA. Davis, the loss, he goes to 0-1 with a 6.75 ERA. Soto, the save, his first of the season. For, for the pitching starter, it was Matt Manning for the Tigers. He went six innings pitch, one hit, one run. That run was earned. No walks, two strikeouts. He gave up the home run to J.D. Martinez. But Fulmer, an inning pitch, one hit, no runs, none earned, one strikeout in the game. Soto, the save, he gave up one hit, and he flew out the final three for the for a 4.50 ERA. For the Red Sox in the game, it was Waka, the starter. He went four and a third innings pitch, two hits, one run. That run was earned, three walks and four strikeouts. Davis, the loss, he went two innings, uh, he went an inning pitch, Two hits, one run. That run was earned. No walks, one strikeout. But Brazzer was the home run giver-upper in this game. Time of the game, 2 hours and 50 minutes. 11,840 were in attendance this afternoon at Comerica Park for the Tigers' big win, 3-1 to one, over the Boston Red Sox. Now, the Tigers will have two more games at Comerica Park, all 1-10 start times for those games. Tuesday, tomorrow's start will be Rich Hill on the bump, for the Red Sox, his first start of the season. It will be Alexander for the Tigers. Both te- both players have not yet recorded a win. or have n- This will be their first start for both teams on Tuesday night. On wh- Tuesday afternoon. Wednesday, we'll see Eduardo Rodriguez on the bump. He's 0-0 with a 6.75 ERA. He'll battle Ivaldi, who is 0-0 with a 5.40 ERA. All games, 1-10 start times for the Tigers. As they take on the Boston Red Sox, 110, you can watch that game on Nesson if you're in the Boston market or Bally Sports Detroit. So after the Boston series, they'll have four games against Kansas City before returning back to Comerica Park for three big games against the New York Yankees. It will be two 640 start times on Tuesday and Wednesday, 19th and 20th, and then on the 21st, a 110 start time on a Thursday against the Yankees, and then three quick games against the Colorado Rockies before they make their big road trip as they head to Minnesota for three and then to the Dodgers for three as well. So the Tigers, 2-2 two and two to start the season. Well, the Red Sox are 1-3 in three after the loss today, 3-1 to one to the Boston Red Sox. Other games, of course, let's talk about the other team on the other side of the lake, and that is the newly formed, formerly the Cleveland Indians, now the Cleveland Guardians. Cleveland Guardians were in action this afternoon as well. They had a four-game series with those Kansas City Royals, who the Tigers will face starting on Wednesday, but they started off in Kansas City on Thursday, the 7th, and they fell to the Royals by a score of 3-1. to Burrow, the win, he goes to 1-0. McKenzie, the loss, he goes to 0-1 with a 6 ERA as the, as the Guardians had one run on 7 hits, one error in the game. Kansas City, three runs on 5 hits, no errors in the game as the debut of Bobby Witt Jr. delivers as he had his first major league hit in this game. 
His ERA, his average is now a 250 with a slugging percentage of a 7.50 in the opening game. Both teams did not hit home runs of the game. It was Zach Grinke making his start for the Kansas City Royals, the former Royal, back with the Royals. He went five and two-thirds inning pitch, five hits, one run. That run was earned, one walk and one strikeout. His ERA, a 1.50 ERA. For the Guardians in the game, it was Shane Bieber starting the ace of the staff. Four and two-thirds inning pitch, three hits, one run. That run was earned. No walks, four strikeouts. His ERA a 1.93 in front of 28,459 at Kauffman Stadium. Two hours and 49 minutes took to play the game in beautiful Kansas City, Missouri. They had the day off on Friday, but on Saturday, the Royals getting the better of the Guardians with a 1-0 win in extra frame as the Royals had one run on six hits, no errors. As the Guardians had no runs on five hits, one error in the game as the no runs were scored, none out when the run was scored in the extra frame. As Schneider, the win, he goes to 1-0 with a 0 ERA. Gloss, the loss, he goes to 0-1 with a 0 ERA. As he gave up two hits, one run. That run was the go-ahead run into the second base as he was bat at second place. Pitch to two batters in the 10th inning. Gave up the go-ahead winning run. As it was Plesak, the starter for the Guardians, he went five and two-thirds innings pitch. Three hits, no runs, none earned, no walks, three strikeouts. His ERA is a zero ERA. Brad Shaw comes out, a two-thirds of an innings pitch, and one walk. Brad Hand, excuse me. Brad Shaw in the game. For the Royals, it was Bell, uh, Keller on the bump, six innings pitch, two hits, no runs, none earned, one walk, five strikeouts, zero ERA in the game in front of 17,103. Two hours and 49 minutes took to play the game at Kauffman Stadium on Saturday. On Sunday, the bats came alive for the Guardians as they put up six in the first, four in the second, two in the fourth, one in the fifth, three in the seventh, one in the eighth for 17 runs on 22 hits. While the Royals had three runs on seven hits, no errors, all led by Stephen Chong making a big career mark at the two-hole for the Guardians as it was a huge day for the, for the Guardians with a big 17-3 win, their first win as the Cleveland Guardians. As Quintel gets the win, he goes to 1-0 with a 3.60 ERA. Bubeck, the loss, he goes to 0-1 with a 67.50 ERA in the game. He went only two-thirds innings pitch, three runs on three hits on five runs. All five earned two walks, no home runs, ERA a 67.50. Clark came into relief at an innings, inning a third pit, a third of an inning pitch, one hit, one run. One walk and the one home run he gave up in his outing. They went nine innings pitch, 22 hits, 17 runs. All 17 were earned. Four walks, 10 strikeouts as a team total with two home runs given up. For the Guardians, it was Quintel getting the win. 
He went five innings, pitched four hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned, one walk, two strikeouts. ERA, a 3.60 ERA. Time of the game, three hours and nine minutes. 20,165 in attendance at Kauffman Stadium. So the Guardians getting a big win, salvaging it. Could they split the series? They do split the series today as the Guardians came out for the last game, the fourth game of the series. In an afternoon affair at Coffin Stadium and the Guardians getting a big 10-7 win in salvaging and splitting the series against the Royals. As Allen, Logan Allen gets the win, he goes to 1-0 with a 0 ERA. Brett's the loss, he goes to 0-1 with a 10.80 ERA. Oscar Mercado homering his second of the season. Adam Benintendi homering for the Kansas City Royals, his first of the season. For the Royals in the game, it was Hernandez starting. He went four and a third innings pitch, six hits. Four runs, all four runs were earned. Two walks, one strikeouts. He gave up the one home run to Oscar Mercado. His ERA is 8.13 ERA. For the Guardians in the game, it was Cervelli starting. For the Guardians, he went a third, three and one-third inning pitch. Four hits, four runs. Two of those runs were earned. Three walks and three strikeouts. His ERA of a 5.40 ERA. Like I said, Logan Allen, the winning, pitched two innings, one hit, and one strikeout ERA of a zero. Brad Hand giving up a bomb, a two, giving up one run on one hit, one uh, one run on two hits, and one walk in the game. Time of the game, three hours and 37 minutes, 8,971 in attendance at Kauffman Stadium. So the Guardians splitting the series against the Royals. They now head down to the Queen City as opening day in Cincinnati will take place tomorrow afternoon. 4-10 first pitch for that one. It will be Bieber on the bump for the Guardians. He's 0-0 with a 1.93 ERA. He'll face Malley, who is 1-0 with a 0 ERA. 4-10 start time at Great American Ballpark. The concluding game of the quick two-game series for the Royal for the, uh, for the Reds will be McKenzie on the bump. He's 0-1 with a 6 ERA. The Reds have not yet named the starter for for the concluding game of the second game of the Ohio Cup. They will then have a day off, the Guardians will, on Thursday, and then they will welcome in the San Francisco Giants for a three-game series, the 15th, 16th, and 17th, before welcoming in the Chicago White Sox of the Pale Hose on the south side for a four-game series before heading to the Bronx to battle the New York Yankees. And then four games in L.A. and then three in Oakland before they return for a quick two-game series against the Padres. And then four games against the Toronto Blue Jays. So the Guardians, a big 10-7 win this afternoon against the Kansas City Royals. Now, speaking of the team that the Guardians are going to be playing next, the Cincinnati Reds, let's talk a little Red Leg Baseball, of course, while we're at it. They They had their test in front of them. And they, I think, did a pretty bang-up job splitting against the defending champions in the Atlanta Braves. Now, they welcome, They went down to Turner Field, or formerly Turner Field, now SunTrust Ballpark. Formerly, formerly SunTrust Ballpark, now it's SunTrust Field. Or Trust Park is what they call it now. As the Reds took on the defending champions in the banner raising at Trust Park, and the Reds getting a big 6-3 win on opening night in Atlanta. Malley, the win, he goes to 1-0 with a 0 ERA. Fried, the loss, he goes to 0-1 with a 7.94 ERA. Saltina, the save, his first of the season for the for the Braves. 
It was Riley hitting his first and Drury hitting his first. For Malley in the outing for the Reds, he went five innings pitched, three hits, one run. None of that run was earned. Two walks, seven strikeouts, his ERA of a zero ERA. Uh, Savali the save. He went an innings pitch, giving up only two strikeouts in the game. His ERA is of a zero in that one. For the Braves, it was fried. Five and two-thirds innings pitch, eight hits, five runs, all five of which were earned. One walk, five strikeouts. McHugh was the one that gave up the home run to Drury in the sixth inning. His ERA of uh, 27 in front of a sold-out 40,545 in attendance. Three hours and one minute took to play the game on Thursday night. As the Reds fell on Saturday by a, uh, excuse me on Friday by a score of seven to six to the Atlanta Braves, the Braves getting the better of the Reds, as the Atlanta Braves had seven runs on eight hits. And no errors, while the Reds six runs on six hits, one error. As Morton gets the win, he goes to 1-0 with a 3.38 ERA. Sam Martin, the loss, he goes to 0-1 with a 19.29 ERA. Both teams did not hit the long ball in this game. As it was Sam Martin starting, he went two and a third innings pitch, four hits, five runs. All five runs were earned. Five walks, two strikeouts in the game. As the Reds, as his ERA is a 19.29 ERA. Morton, the win, he goes to five, five and a third inning pitch, two hits, two runs, all of which were earned, one walk and five strikeouts. His ERA of a 3.38 in the game, as 40,234 in attendance, three hours and seven minutes took to play it at Trust Park in beautiful Atlanta, Georgia. Saturday's series saw the Braves getting a better outcome for the in the game as they took a hold of the series by the score of two to one on Saturday evening. As the Braves had two runs on eight hits, one error, while the Reds had one run on three hits and no error in the game. Wright gets the win for the Braves. He's now one to zero with a zero ERA. Gutierrez the loss. He goes to zero one with a four point one five ERA and Smith the save. His first of the season for the Reds in the game, it was right. Uh, it was Gutierrez going four and a third inning pitch, six hits, two runs, all of which were earned. Two walks, four strikeouts. His ERA of a four point one five ERA for the Braves in the outing. It was right going six innings pitch, two hits, no runs, none earned. One walk, six strikeouts. His ERA of a zero ERA. Smith won an inning pitch, one hit, one run. That run was earned, one walk, and one strikeout, but he gets the save. His first of the season, 40,310, two hours and 50 minutes took to play the game at Trust Park. So the Reds down 2-1 in the series. Can they get to 500? They do on Sunday with a big 6-3 win over the Atlanta Braves as the debut, the debut of Hunter Green and he was dealing at 100 miles per hour early on in the first inning. Family in attendance, a huge section for him. He gets his first major league win as the Reds put up six runs on seven hits and no errors in the game. 
For the Atlanta Braves, they had three runs on seven hits, no errors in the game. As Green gets the win, he goes to 1-0 with a 5.40 ERA. Anderson, the loss, he goes to 0-1 with a 16.88 ERA. Warren, the save, his first. And by the way, Warren is a kid right out of Northwest Ohio. So there's a big one for you there. Tyler Stevenson homering for the Reds, his first of the season. Demois homering for the Braves, his first. And Olsen homering for the Braves, his first in the game. For Hunter Green. Five innings pitched, four hits, three runs, all three of which were earned, two walks, seven strikeouts. He gave up both home runs to Dewan and Olsen in the game, but a solid 5.40 ERA. Great outing for him. For his debut, I will give him all the credit on that one. A great outing for him. Warren the save. He went an inning pitch, one strikeout, one hit in the game, grounded into the double play, gets the big win. For the Braves... It was Anderson, two and two-thirds innings pitched, three hits, five runs, all of which were earned, five walks, one strikeout. His ERA, a 16.88 ERA as the as the Reds win 6-3. Time of the game, by the way, three hours, 14 minutes, 38,233 in attendance at Trust Park. So the Reds split the series with the Braves. They have a day off today. They'll head back. And they'll have opening day tomorrow, 4-10, like I mentioned before, against the Guardians, the first game of the Ohio Cup. Like I mentioned, Beaver, the starter, he's 0-0 with a 1.93 ERA. He'll face Malley, who is 1-0 with a 0 ERA. Bally Sports Ohio, or Bally Sports Great Lakes for that one, 4-10. The concluding game of the series will be McKenzie for like the Guardians, like I mentioned, 0-1 with a 6 ERA. And uh, David Bell has not yet named the starter for the Reds. On Wednesday. Then they will hit the road. This is a huge test for the Reds. As they will head to the City of Angels. To battle the Los Angeles Dodgers. For a four game series this upcoming Thursday. 10-10 start times all the way across. Then they will be in San Diego. For a three game series on the 18th, 19th and 20th. Before they return back to Great America Ballpark. The battle of the St. Louis Cardinals for three, and then the Padres for three in that affair. Then they go back to Colorado, then to Milwaukee, then four games against the Pirates. So there is the lineup card and the schedule going forward for the Cincinnati Reds. But opening day tomorrow in Cincinnati, it is it is the premier event. It is the premier event. It really is. Uh, other scores from around Major League Baseball right now. Top, bottom of the seventh inning. The A's are up 9-1 on the Tampa Bay Rays. Philly is down 4-0 to the Mets right now. 2-0 in favor of the Blue Jays over the Yankees. And that is in the sixth in, end of the sixth inning. Top of the fifth sees the uh, Washington Nationals up 5-1 on the Atlanta Braves. The Twins up 1-0 on the Seattle Mariners. 9.38 start times. So we'll see the Miami Marlins taking on the Angels of Los Angeles, Lorenzen versus Hernandez. At 9.45, sees the Padres and the Giants. Uh, finals from other finals from today. The Brewers fall to the Orioles by a score of 2 to nothing. Colorado, a 6-4 win over the Rangers. And unfortunately, the Cardinals were postponed today over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, the Mariners travel to Chicago next to, to the south side to battle the White Sox at a 4-10 start time tomorrow. For their opening day as well. The Cubs travel to Pittsburgh to battle the Pirates. There's another opening day for you there. 
And Dodgers and Twins, that will be a pretty good matchup right there. It will be Hennessy versus Archer in that affair. The Battle of Missouri will take place as Kansas City will battle St. Louis as well. I'm not going to dive into the schedule, the uh, standings right now as we are only three days or four days into the start of the Major League Baseball season. We'll dive into that later on down the road. So there's that for you. Also, got to make mention of this. The Mud Hens were home for opening day. Got a chance to go to opening day. And let's talk about that as the Mud Hens took on the Rochester Red Wings for Mud Hen Opening Day 2022. As the Mud Hens had opening day this past Tuesday, the 5th of April, of course, and I was in attendance for it. The Mud Hens, a huge 5-0 win over the Rochester Red Wings. A good-sized crowd on hand of 10,555 at the ballpark at 406 Washington Boulevard. And it was a great crowd, a great afternoon of baseball. The weather actually fell in good condition for us on that day. As Carlin gets the win, he goes to 1-0 for the Mud Hens. He went an inning and a two-thirds innings pitch, four strikeouts. As it was Rodriguez starting for the Mud Hens, he went four and a thirds innings pitch, five hits, one walk, seven strikeouts, his ERA of a zero ERA. Telura, the loss, he goes to 0-1 with a 6.75 ERA for the Rochester Red Wings. He went five innings, a four innings pitch, five hits, four runs, three of which were earned. No walks, five strikeouts. He gave up one home run. That was the Cody Cl- uh, Jacob Robson homering. His first of the season, but Cody Clemens was really hitting the cover off the ball in this game. He had four at-bats, two runs driven in off of three hits. His average was a .750. His OPS was a 2.0 in the game. The Mudhens had five runs on eight hits, one error. Rochester had zero runs on five hits and two errors in the game. Time of the game it took was two hours, 35 minutes, 10,522 in attendance at 5th third field and then we get to the 6th of april and the mud hens unfortunately fell to the rochester red wings in their first loss of the season by a score of six to three as it was the starter for the rochester red wings fry getting the win he goes to one and oh with a solid four zero era as it was Logan Shore getting the loss. He goes to 0-1 with a 12 ERA as Bardado getting the save his first of the season. However, it was Wentz starting for the Mud Hens. He went three innings pitch, two hits on two runs, all two of which were earned. One walk, four strikeouts. He did give up a home run in the game, and the home run he gave up to was to Stevenson, his first of the season. For the Red Wings of the game, it was Sanchez, Starting for Rochester, he went four innings, pitched five hits, two runs, two of which were earned, one walk, four strikeouts. He gave up two big bombs in the game, and those bombs were hit by Chris Cry- uh, Ryan Kreider, his second of the season, as well. He had two home runs in the game. Ryan Kreider had two home runs hit in the game off of Sanchez in the second and the fourth inning. So a great outing for him, but it was not enough. As three hours and five minutes took to play the game, only 2,103 were in attendance at a cold and rainy 
5th, 3rd field on Wednesday, the 6th of April. On the 7th, the Mud Hens fell to the Red Wings in extra frame, 8-5. to five. As the Mud Hens fell to the Red Wings, 8-5. to five. The winning pitcher in the game, of course, was Teal. He was 1-0 with a solid 2.25 ERA. He went three innings pitch, two hits, two runs, none of which were earned three walks and six strikeouts in the game. As it was the, st the starter for the Red Wings, or Cervalli, he went four innings pitch, four hits, three runs, three of which were earned one walk, four strikeouts. He gave up one home run. That home run to Cody Clemens, his first of the season. Savelli's ERA is a 6.75. Michael Pineda started for the Mud Hens. He went three innings pitch, one hit, no runs, none earned, one no walks, one strikeout. He was on a pitch count, so he did not go the distance. But his ERA is a zero ERA, and the loss goes to uh, Del Pozo. He went two innings pitch, three hits, three runs, two of which were earned, no walks, two strikeouts. His ERA of a 9.0 ERA. As the Mud Hens fa fall to the Rochester Red Wings by a score of 8-5, to five. Rochester eight runs on 10 hits, three errors in extra frame in 12 innings. Toledo five runs on 10 hits, no errors in the game. Time of the game, three hours, 48 minutes, two thousand one hundred and forty six in attendance at fifth third field on the Thursday on the eighth seventh the eighth on Friday the Mud Hens fell to the Red Wings seven to four as it was ah here it is as it was <clears throat> it was Reiner getting the win he goes to one and oh with a Solid, zero ERA. As Ledwick gets the loss for the Mud Hens, he's now 0-1 with a 9.82 ERA. Perez gets the save, his first of the season. For the Red Wings, it was Reyes starting. He went two and two-thirds innings pitch, four hits, three runs, two of which were earned in the game. He had four walks, three strikeouts, his ERA of a 6.75 ERA. Charlie Anderson starting for the Mud Hens. He went two and two-thirds innings pitched, six hits, three runs, all of which were earned. Two walks, two strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Barrera, his first of the season. Young homering for the Red Wings as well. His first of the season as well. No home runs hit for the Mud Hens in the game in front of 2,756 on Friday, the 8th of April. Game time, three hours, 26 minutes. Saturday saw the could the Mud Hens get a win out of it? They don't. They fall on Saturday, getting shut out by the Red Wings by a score of nine to nothing. So there's no joy in Mudville on Friday night, on Saturday night, as Rochester puts up nine runs on twelve hits, two errors in the game. Toledo no runs on three hits, one error. As Clay gets the win. He goes to 1-0 with a 0 ERA. Brisky the loss. He goes to 0-1 with a 9.0 ERA. As it was Mendes getting his first home run of the season and Banks his first for Rochester in the game. Like I mentioned before, Brees, 5 innings pitched, 7 hits, 5 runs, all of which were earned. 1 walk, 4 strikeouts. He gave up all 2 home runs of the game. Rodriguez for Rochester went 3 innings pitched, no runs, no hits, no errors, no walks, five strikeouts, no ERA. So the Mudhens 
fall 9 nothing to the Rochester Red Wings in front of 3,387. Time of the game, 2 hours and 44 minutes took to play the game on Saturday, the 9th of April. The Mudhens could not win the series. They didn't win the series, and they fall. They fell. They fall. However, they did bounce back on Sunday, as they did end the homestand, the six-game homestand with the Red Wings with a big two-one victory, as it was a walk-off home run in the bottom half of the ninth inning to propel the Mudhens to a victory. As Garcia, the win, he goes to 1-0 with a 0 ERA. The loss goes to Garrett, who is 0-1 with a 4.50 ERA as it was Lester homering in the ninth inning off of Garrett to seal the victory. As Toledo had two runs on six hits, no errors. Rochester, one run on nine hits, no errors in the game. Uh, Teru started, he went five innings pitch, three hits, one run, that run was earned. Three walks, five strikeouts. His, he had gave up the one home run to Porcelli, his first of the season. Rodriguez started for the Mudhens. Five innings pitch, five hits, no runs, none earned. One walk, five strikeouts. His ERA of a zero ERA. Two hours, 36 minutes took to play the game. A solid crowd of 3,750 in attendance at Fifth Third Field. So now the Mudhens will travel on the road. For six days as they will head to the beautiful city of Iowa to battle the Iowa Cubs for six games starting tomorrow night in beautiful Iowa City. As they will battle the Iowa Cubs in Des Moines. Big series. It will be th six games. All game time. 7.38 first pitches on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And 8.08 start time on Friday. 4.08 start time on Saturday and a 2.08 start time. Then they return back to fifth third field for a six-game set with the St. Paul Saints. 6.30 start times for the 19th, 20th, and the 21st. And then a 7.05 on Friday, the 22nd. The St. Paul Saints on the 23rd at 5.05. And then Sunday, they'll battle the St. Paul Saints at 2.05 before they head out to Omaha to battle the Storm Chasers. So there is the upcoming schedule for the Mudhens. That is the recap of all things baseball right here on All Andy Alford as you're listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Leaker, Stitcher, however you are listening, wherever and however you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. And now let's talk some ice hockey. Yes. I got a chance to see the Jackets twice in person this week. Let's talk all about it in this latest edition of the Jackets report. So when I last left you, the Jackets were coming off of two straight losses to the New York Islanders. The Islanders beating up on the Jackets nationwide by a score of 4-3. to three. They went into the aisle and lost to the Islanders by a score of 5-2. to two. Then on the 2nd of April, they took on the Boston Bruins for Nick Foligno's celebration game. And the Bruins got the better of the Jackets in this game. It did start off with Hulla getting his 11th of the season from Taylor Hall and Charlie McAvoy. It was 1-0 Boston at the 15-09 mark of the first period. But then with less than a minute to play in the period, it was Gustav Nyquist getting his 17th of the season from Cole, I mean Goal Sillinger. 
His 11th assist of the season from Adam Boquist at the 1932 mark of the first period. And after 20 minutes, the Jackets were tied with the Boston Bruins 1-1. Then the kid himself, Justin Danforth, getting his 7th of the season from Igor Chinnikov and Sean Corrale, 42 seconds into the frame, making it a 2-1 Jacket lead. However, Patrice Berger, uh, Brad Marchand, excuse me, getting his 31st of the season from Patrice Bergeron and Jacob Dubras tying the game at the 18-13 mark of the second period, tying the game at two apiece, but then it was all Bruins after that as Hall getting his 12th of the season on the power play, making the 3-2 game, and then two empty net goals, one from Jacob DeBrusque, the other one from Charlie Coyle, and the Bruins getting the better of the Jackets at TD Garden by a score of 5-2. Hall of the number one star, McAvoy the number two star, Marchant the number three star. It was 42 hit, forty-two goal shots on goal for the Bruins in the game to Columbus's 24. They led in the faceoff dot 61% to 39%. Boston 1 for 1 on the power play, Columbus 0 for 1 on the power play. Both teams had only 2 minutes in penalties. Columbus did outhit the Bruins in the game 33 to 24, but the Bruins outblocked them 18 to 12 and out gave away the puck 14 to 16, but the Jackets had 14 takeaways to the Bruins 5. In the game, it was for the Jackets Elvis Merzlinka stopping 37 of 40, his save percentage of a point nine two five for Boston. It was Slayman stopping 22 of 24, his save percentage of a point nine one seven. So the Jackets fall to the Bruins on the 2nd of April. They then welcomed in the Bruins for a home-and-home home that following Monday. A huge game for the Jackets, trying to get into, you know, getting more points, building up more points, as the season goes on. And Emil Benstrom started it all off for the Jackets, getting his fifth of the season from Jacob Voracek, his 45th assist of the season, getting in a 1-0 lead before Jacob DeBrus at the 18-32 mark of the first period, tying the game at one apiece. Then Smith getting his 16th of the season in the second period, making it a 2-1 Boston lead from Charlie Coyle and Charlie McAvoy at the 7.52 mark of the second period before Zach attack himself. Zach Warinski getting his 11th of the season from Jacob Vorchek and Patrick Liney with less than a minute to play in the second period, tying the game at two apiece. Both teams traded, traded opportunity after opportunity in the third period, and both teams get a point as the game goes into overtime. However, it did not go the way of the Jackets as Warinski turned it over to Jacob DeBrat from Lindholm to Lindholm. The pass goes from Lindholm to DeBrus. DeBrus buries it past Elvis Merzlinkitz. And that was the final as Boston gets a 3-2 win at Nationwide, taking the season series over the Jackets with a 3-2 win on Monday, the 4th of April. DeBrus, the number one star. Voracek, the number two star. Charlie McAvoy, the number three star. Bruins outshot the Jackets in the game 37-24. Led them in the faceoff dot 63% to 37%. Both teams 0-5 on the power play. As Columbus had 26 minutes in penalties. Boston had 18 minutes in penalties. Uh, the Jackets had 24 hits to the Bruins 15. The Bruins had 12 blocks to Columbus's 7 Blue Ruins had three giveaways to Columbus's four giveaways, but the Jackets had seven takeaways to the Bruins' four takeaways. Now, in this game, there was a high hit that was not called as Andrew Peake got served to hit on by Brad Marchant, 
and that really got the guys going a little bit. And I, you know, I got to commend the team for you know trying to stick up. But you know, I was listening to CBJ and Thirty today with Bob McKelligan, and they, it, the the question came up about you know about the scrappiness of this team that you know the team resilient and built up and you know rallied around after the peak hit you know in my opinion this team needs a bruiser they lost the bruiser when max domi was traded to carolina so this team does not have hitters they do not have physical players in my opinion and I, I, I'm hoping in this offseason, Yarmo addresses that. Because we do need some heavy hitters. I mean, Wierenski's getting pelted and beaten up on the defensive side. We have nobody that's protecting the young gun and Patrick Line. So Line's skating with the puck and dangling it way too much. And you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of an Artemi Panarin that dangles the puck too much. And tries to make a play out of nothing. And he can't make a play out of nothing because he's being defended one out of two, two, one to one on two, one on three, and one on four. If you have an enforcer out there to help him, it would be key. And it proved it on uh, last Monday with the Boston Bruin game. Nobody went and stood, they stood up for their guy. But the problem is, it wasn't a rallying point. But I digress. I digress. That was it was Lou Mark stopping twenty of twenty two in the game. His save percentage of a point nine zero nine for the Jackets. Merzlinkis thirty four of thirty seven. He's a save percentage of a point nine one nine. So the Jackets fall. The Bruins continue their seven game slide. They then went into Philadelphia the next night at the Wells Fargo Center and get a big win. You know, they get a big win over a Flyers team that, you know, has just failed a lot of expectations this year for for the season, which is surprising. As the kid himself, Colton Meyer, Carson Meyer, excuse me, Carson Meyer, Carson, Carson Meyer. I'm thinking somebody, Colton Meyer, a friend of mine, Colton Meyer. Carson Meyer makes his NHL debut and helps the Jackets end the seventh gate skid. As Brandon Goss started off the scoring for the Jackets, from Meyer getting his first point in the in the Union Blue, Meyer did. From Robinson, it's one nothing Jackets at the two thirty eight mark of the first period, and then Carson Meyer himself getting the pass from Zach Warinski and burying it into the net, making it two nothing Jackets at the thirteen twenty three mark of the first period. Gates gets his first goal of the season for the Flyers from Brown. It's two one. Jackets after 20 minutes of play. The game gets tied by James Van Riefsdijk in the second period at the 13-16 mark of the second period from Atard and Kevin Hayes at the 13-16 mark on a tip-in shot. But then the kid himself, Justin Danforth, buries it to get the Jackets a 3-2 lead. That should end up being the game winner from Jake Bean and Sean Corrali. And then Corrali into the empty net and the Jackets a huge win. Led by a stellar performance by Elvis Merzlinkitz, 
who stopped a total of 47 of 49. His save percentage of a point, 9.59, as the Jackets beat the Flyers by a score of 4 to 2. By the way, it was Carter Hart stopping 26 to 29, save percentage of a point, 8.69. In the game, the Jackets were outshot by the Flyers 49 to 30. They were out face off at the faceoff dot 56% to 44%. Both teams 0 for on the power play. Columbus 0 for 1. Philadelphia 0 for 4. The Jackets and the Flyers both equaled out in the total amount of hits at 21. The Jackets had 20 blocks to the Flyers 14 blocks. Four giveaways to eight giveaways for the Jackets. Both teams had four takeaways. In the game, so the Jackets getting a big win, 4-2, snapping the seven-game losing streak. And then we get to Thursday. Now, Thursday, I was in attendance for this game on Thursday at Nationwide Arena. So the Jackets were taking on the Philadelphia Flyers in the return game for the home-and-home. And And it was also the return of Cam Atkinson to Columbus into Nationwide Arena for the first time this season. And it was a great showing of love and support for Cam. A beautiful video tribute. We will share it on our Facebook page. And hear the crowd, and you'll hear me in the background. Uh, my uh, brother-in-law, Roberto, first NHL game. Got him a puck, got him a, a hat. It was the camo hat. It was Military Appreciation Night. Great crowd on hand for the game. Uh, and they saw probably one of the worst games I think I've ever seen, one of the second worst games I've ever seen this Jacket team perform in my entire life in front of me. Uh, this was very, very sloppy, very, very terrible. Uh, the only bright spot to this entire trip for me was that I got, you know, I got to see Nationwide, got to see the see the Rick Nash banner finally, got to see the number 61. Uh, it was a great, it, it, you know, I, I always loved Nationwide. Nationwide is one of my favorite buildings in all the league, it, I, even though I love the team, I love the team, and but it is like that was my first NHL game I got to see the Jackets play the Minnesota Wild, and uh, that building has a lot of meaning to me, and uh, I really do love Nationwide for its ambiance, its you know its charm to it, and uh, I I I love it. It's probably one of my favorite buildings in all of the league, uh, but the Jackets did have a sloppy game, and, and they took responsibility for the sloppiness of this game. And the Jackets did jump out to an early lead as Atkinson, Atkinson's return to Nationwide really, really was the forefront of this game. But Eric Robinson on a shorthanded marker, and it was a broken play. Gavrikov got the puck, and if Gavrikov didn't see Robinson there, Gavrikov would have probably just dumped it into the zone, but Robinson came up flying Got the pass from from Gavrikov, and he buried it, and he got a got the Jackets out to an early one nothing lead as Mr. Robinson getting his ninth of the season from Vladislav Gavrikov, and Sean Corrali at the 15:06 mark of the first period, began a one nothing game, and then a former Jacket himself, Kevin Connaughton, gets an unassisted goal, beating Elvis Merslinkets, his first of the season, tying the game at one apiece. And then it just kept getting worse. Bad, sloppy play by this Jacket team. It was a terrible game. A terrible game on the defensive side of things. It's Owen Tibbet getting his eighth of the season from Slam and Car- and Kevin Hayes making it a 2-1 game. And then Cates getting his second of the season. Provinoff 
who is the 17th assistant season, and after 40 minutes of play at Nationwide, and after a tub of popcorn and a soda, it was 3-1 jacket, 3-1 flyers after 40 minutes of play. And then I saw the dagger go in. That's Koski getting his 13th of the season from Frost and Slavin. I was out of my seat, and I was walking out of the building after that goal. And it was 4-1 Philadelphia. That was the final. And the return to Cam Atkinson, he gets the win in front of the home building. 4-1 winners. Owen Tippett, the number one star. Noah Cates, the number two star. And Martin Jones, the goaltender, the number three star. Philadelphia outshot the game in the game 31-27. They led in the faceoff dot 57% to 43%. They Both teams were over on the power play attempts. Jackets had 18 hits, the Flyers 13. They had nine Flyers had nine blocks to Columbus's six. Four giveaways to two takeaways. Four giveaways and eight takeaways for the Jackets. Two take giveaways for the Flyers. Seven takeaways for the for the Flyers in the game. And by the way, it was um, Martin Jones 26 to 27 save percent of a point nine six three for the Jackets. It was Merzlinka stopping 27 of 31 save percentage of a point. 871. So, a uh, great trip to Columbus. Got a chance to, you know, see the city, got to see the new development that's happening in the short north. Got an opportunity to have lunch, dinner, dinner area at, at Schmidt's Sausage. Got to see some jacket fans there. Um, went to the game, had a great time, got back in the car, drove back. Thought about. I was thinking, should I go Saturday for the game against Detroit? It's the final game in Detroit for the season. It's 45 minutes away from the studio here. Can we do it? Brought the wife with me. And I said, yes, let's do it. Got tickets pretty cheap. Uh, paid for the parking ahead of time. Uh, found remember I remembered that the, Red, the um, Tigers were playing that afternoon. Went in and did something for the first time ever, folks. That I'm going to share with you right after this. So I did something for the first time. I haven't done. I haven't done in person yet. I went into Greektown Casino on Saturday afternoon with my wife. We went and hit the tables and played a little bit of slots. Of course, the tables were pretty full, but I made a wager on the jackets. I put my five dollars into the machine. The jackets were a plus one hundred five at puck drop. Before puck drop, I put my money in. That would mean I would be doubling my money plus a quarter. So I said, you know what? I'll do it. I'll put my money in, take the ticket out. And I said, all right, let's do it. And uh, went to the arena. And it, it, if you had never been to Little Caesars, I've been to Little Caesars many times to see the Jackets play and seen them also play Seattle this past season. Uh, it's a nice venue. It really is. It's got some great seats, great views of the ice surface. Uh, we got lucky with our seats. Um, unfortunately, you know, we were in a handicap area, but the seats were in a, were comfortable enough for I was enjoying it. And you know, the surroundings, the fans were really nice to us. Um, you know, they they didn't give us any trouble or lick the entire time. And uh, you know, we got down to ice level, met a few people. I saw I saw a few people. We inter we didn't really interact all that much, but uh. It was good to see finally see the people in person for the first time. So uh, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say it's Sarah Kent who listens to the podcast. 
and and follows us on our Twitter account, which is at all Andy Alford. Uh, was at the game. She saw me. She was asking early on who was in Detroit for the hockey game on Saturday night, and I told her that it was me and my wife were going to be there. And uh, we did have like a little hookup spot where we could, with the jacket fans, could meet me and everything like that. But you know, you know never nobody really showed up. Who listens to a podcast by me except you guys who are fully subscribers? And um, so yeah, um, it was a good game. I thought it was really, really well done. I thought after what I saw Thursday, I was hoping that I was going to see more of a clean game, and I did. Uh, however, you know, the Red Wing fans, you know, were very, very restless in this game because it meant a lot for the Red Wings because the Red Wings, with the loss, would be officially eliminated from the playoff contention, and the uh, Jackets would be the one to do it, hopefully. And they did. That's the Columbus kid himself. Jack Roslovic getting his 13th of the season from Zach Wierenski. Wierenski's 34th assist of the season. Roslovic is 13th goal of the season. It was 1-0 Jackets. And it was a great play out front. i gotta give, got to give Jack credit for that. He buried it past Nijelkovic. And he was he just felt like the Jackets were going to take the lead early on in the game. But then Verona in the second period tying the game at one apiece. At the 13:41 mark of the first period, and then Sam Gagne making it a 2-1 game. Gagne hits 12th of the season for Mark Stahl. And Stevens, who's coming back from an injury after being out for four months, comes back in the lineup and gets an assist in the game. It's 2-1, 2-1, Red Wings. And then there was some breakdown in some of the play, and it led to a 4-on-4 four four for the Jackets. And then all of a sudden, it got a little bit chippy in the game. And Cole Stillinger capitalizes, beating Djokovic, getting his 12th of the season for Wierenski and Voracek. And then Voracek then taking down uh, Dylan Larkin in the game, drawing a little bit of a bench line, a little bit of a brawl line, making it a 2-2 game halfway through the second period, uh, halfway through the First 40 minutes of the game. Then Roslovic from line A beating Najelkovic again. It's 3 2 Jackets. And then Justin Danforth again. I love this kid. I hope the Jackets make him an everyday player. I really do. I do not want him to go back down to Cleveland next season. I hope he is an everyday player. This kid is awesome. Getting his ninth of the season from Roslovic and Nyquist on a tip shot. Making it a 4-2 game. And then I did the cardinal sin, ladies and gentlemen. I turned to my wife halfway through the third period during the media timeout. And I turned to her and I said to her, all right, after the game, we're going to go take this winning ticket in. And then we're going to head home. As soon as that happened, Dylan Larkin getting his 31st of the season from Lucas Raymond and all said at the 1535 mark of the third period, making it a 4-3 game. And I said, oh, okay, it's 4-3. And then Verona off the face-off, off the face-off. He just gets the puck and just shoots it on Elvis. And Elvis closed his legs too quick, too early. And the puck rolled through. 
and into the back of the net. And it's 4-4. And I'm saying to myself, I just lost $5. I just lost $5. The significance of that, starting your losing, starting your... I bet on the Super Bowl when I was up in up in Michigan, and I cashed the ticket in in Michigan. I did that through the Barstool Sports app, which the Barstool Sportsbook app, and that's where all my money will be going. When that come when it comes to the Ohio, when it comes into Ohio, that's where it's going to be going. But here is the kicker. Verona's goal then just put the dagger in me, and I'm like, oh no, oh no, this can't be. But then a late penalty called in the period, third period, when Bertuzzi called for the trip, clearly wasn't a trip. Nobody scores. We go to overtime. Everybody gets a point. You get a point. You get a point. I was saying, you get a point. You get a point. It was a rallying cry. And then a bad breakdown in the Red Wing offensive zone turns to the Jackets to come down the ice. Wierenski gets it over to Nyquist. Nyquist puts it on. Roslovic gets the rebound and buries it. Getting his first hat trick as a Columbus Blue Jacket player. His 15th of the season. He hasn't done, he's had ups and downs all season. He was ice cold going into this game. And Jack fucking Roslovic gets the hat trick in Detroit. In mother in Detroit. And I guess you can say you don't know Jack Detroit. As the Wings get eliminated from the playoffs. Because of the Blue Jackets. Jackets win. Jackets win. 5-4. Roslovic, the number one star. Verona, the number two star. And Merzlinkitz, the number three star. Shots on goal in the game went in favor of the Red Wings. 38-33. 52% was the faceoff dot to, for, the, for the Red Wings. 47% for the Jackets. Both teams over on the power play. Columbus was over five on the power on the power play. Detroit had 14 minutes in penalties, could not capitalize. Columbus six minutes in penalties. They were over one. The Detroit was over one on the power play. Columbus out hit the Red Wings 32 to 29. Out blocked the Red Wings 17 to 14. The Jackets had three giveaways to Detroit's 11, and that's what cost Detroit in the game. They gave up so many offensive puck zones. So many pucks in their offense in their defensive zone, which caused the Jackets to capitalize, taking those taking those three giveaways. I mean those from those eleven giveaways and capitalizing on three of those goals. Detroit had seven takeaways. The Columbus has four takeaways in the game. Merz Lincoln's thirty-four of thirty-eight save percentage of a point eight. Nine five, the Delkovich, save percentage of a point eight four eight, stopping twenty eight of thirty three. So the Jackets, huge win in Detroit. It was a great night. I went to bar. I went to the book, cashed the ticket in. 
I've got the ticket. It's it's it, it's hanging up now. It's going to be hanging up on the on the wall of merch with the picture of from the final score of the game. So I have my first piece for the Barstool Sports Book of a winner. I was so tempted to put more money onto that game. More money onto going for it. But, you know, I digress. I digress. So the Jackets are now off. The big news, of course, from Columbus is that Kent Johnson, their draft pick, will make their de- his debut on Wednesday against Montreal. Now, I thought, I heard the rumor that he once Michigan was eliminated on Thursday from the playoff from the NCAA tournament. By the way, congratulations to Denver for winning the national championship. Congratulations on all that. They eliminated the, the Michigan Wolverines. When he signed with the Jackets, I thought, I had a feeling that he would have made the start on Saturday in, in Detroit in front, of the, in front of his family and friends. I thought that's where they were going to make the debut. But unfortunately, he was not ready as of yet. They were, both him and the defenseman that they have signed, which is... which is Blackbird to one-year contract. Nick Blackbird signed the one-year contract with the Jackets as a defenseman. I bought that both of those guys would make the debut in Detroit. They did not, but the Jackets, you know, they will make their debut this upcoming Wednesday. 7 o'clock puck drop against the Montreal Canadiens at Nationwide Arena, and then they will have two days off, and then the West, the final West Coast trip of the season, West Coast trip of the season, They'll go out to L.A. on Saturday night, 10.30, puck drop for that one. Sunday, 8.30 in Anaheim, and then they're in San Jose on the 19th, the Battle of the Sharks, before returning back to Nationwide on the 22nd of April. That is a 7 o'clock puck drop for that one. Now, I have tickets for that game. I'm debating about whether or not I'm going to go or not. So I'm going to pose the question to you on Twitter, which is at over. Should I go see them play the Ottawa Senators that night? They will be wearing the third jersey that night. It's also jersey off the back night. So you could see if you can win a jersey off the Blue Jackets back. Player off the back. So we'll see how that happens. And it'll be the 22nd, and then I'll be off the 22nd and the 23rd from my other job. And then they'll play that 24th that Sunday against the Edmonton Oilers. A day off on Monday, then the 26th of April against Tampa Bay. The final home game of the season is the 28th against Tampa Bay. I have tickets for that. I'm definitely going to that one. The finale on the 29th is in Pittsburgh against the Penguins. So we are now nine games left. Nine games left in this regular season. The Jackets are 34-33-6. and six. What does that mean in the standings? Well, here are the team. We have teams that have already clinched playoff spots. Florida has clinched in the Atlantic Division. We'll start with the Atlantic Division first and foremost at 51-15-6 with 108 points. Toronto is in second spot. They have clinched a playoff spot at a record of 47-19-6 with 100 points. Tampa 44-20-8 with 96 points, third in the in the Atlantic Division. Metropolitan Division, Carolina has clinched a playoff spot at 47-18-8 with 102 points. The Rangers, 47-20-6 with 100 points. Pittsburgh is in third spot. And by the way, the Rangers have clinched a playoff spot. 
Pittsburgh 42, 20, and 10 with 94 points, the third spot in the Metropolitan Division. Wildcard standing sees the Boston Bruins at 45, 22, and 5 with 95 points, holding the top wildcard spot. The second wildcard spot held by the Washington Capitals at 40, 22, and 10 with 90 points. And that's pretty much the playoff spot because on the outside looking in, third spot is the New York Islanders at 33, 29, and 9 with 75 points. The Jackets at 34, 33, and 6 with 74 points. Detroit. 28, 34, and 10 with 66 points. They are eliminated from the playoffs. Buffalo is eliminated from the playoffs at 26, 37, and 11, 63 points. Ottawa, 26, 40, and 6 with 58 points eliminated from the playoffs. Philadelphia, 23, 38, and 11 with 57 points eliminated from the playoffs. The Devils, 25, 41, and 6 with 56 points eliminated from the playoffs. And Montreal, 20, 42, and 11 with 51 points overall and eliminated from the playoffs. In the Western Conference, the Central Division, led by the only team that has clinched a playoff spot, the Colorado Avalanche at 52-14-6 with 110 points. So congratulations, Lucas. You're making your team clinching a playoff spot. Maybe, and it looks like they're probably going to clinch the President's Cup, President's Trophy. Second spot is the Minnesota Wild at 44-21-6 with 94 points. St. Louis 42-20-10 with 94 points. In the Pacific Division, it's Calgary at 44-19-9 with 97 points. Edmonton, 42-25-6 with 90 points. And the LA Kings, 38-26-10 with 86 points. Wildcard standings look like this. Top spot is led by the Nashville Predators at 41-26-5 with 87 points. Dallas, 41-27-4 with 86 points. On the outside looking in are the Vegas Golden Knights at 40-29-4 with 84 points. Winnipeg, 35, 28, and 11 with 81 points. Vancouver, 35, 20, and 10 with 80 points. And these teams are eliminated from playoff contention. The Anaheim Ducks at 29, 33, and 12 with 70 points. San Jose, 29, 33, and 9 with 67 points. Chicago, 24, 37, and 11 with 59 points. Seattle, 23, 43, and 6 with 42 points. And Arizona, 22, 45, and 5. With 49 points, the worst team in the league is the Arizona Coyotes. One game on the docket tonight has just gone final. The Winnipeg Jets were a winner 4-2 over the over the uh, the Montreal Canadiens, and surprisingly, that was the only game that was in the NHL tonight on this, the 11th of April, 2022. Latest news and notes to pass along to you from around the National Hockey League today. Looks like Owen Power will be. In the middle of the, is ready to make his NHL debut against the Leafs this week. Uh, looks like Penguins forward Evgeny Malkin has been suspended for four games without pay for the cross check that he made on Mark Brocheck during the game on Sunday afternoon. So he is out for four games. It looks like Drew Doughty will not return for the rest of the season as he had wrist surgery this morning. So he's out. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the three stars of the week, Austin Matthews, the number one star, John Carlson, the number two star, and the number three star this week, Jonathan Huberdeau, all the number th was the number three star this week in the NHL. So there is those for you. Uh, like I mentioned before, congratulations to the Dem Denver Pioneers in winning the NCAA tournament. So all these college kids are getting into the pros, getting a taste of the National Hockey League. So the Jackets back on the ice Wednesday night. We'll see the debut of Kent Johnson as well as Nick Blackberg 
for the Blue Jackets. 7 o'clock puck drop against Montreal. Bally Sports, Ohio, or on TSN as well. I think it's on Sportsnet. It might be on Sportsnet. It might be on Sportsnet. Might be on Sportsnet. Yeah, I think it's on Sportsnet. It's on Sportsnet. So there's that for you. As you're listening to all Andy Alford tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and however you're listening. Thank you for tuning into the show tonight. And now let's hit the pond. Let's talk walleye hockey. They're pushed to the playoffs as they come up on the finale of their regular season. It's time to hit the pond. It's time for the Walleye Roundup right here on All Andy Alfred. So it's now time for the latest edition of the Walleye Roundup, of course. And last week, uh, two weekends ago, the Walleye had a big games against the Fort Wayne Commons as they won 5-4 to four over Fort Wayne on the 1st of April. A huge win for them then. On Saturday the 2nd, they went in and played the Indy Fuel and got a 4-3 win over the Indy Fuel. And then on Sunday, the concluding game on April 3rd, they welcomed in the Kalamazoo Wings to a big series and a 4-1 win there, which then clinched the division. Basically, they clinched the playoff spot a weekend ago, two weekends ago. They clinched three weekends ago. Two weekends last on the last weekend on the third, they clinched uh, the division with the win 4-1 over Kalamazoo that Sunday the 3rd of April. So now we get into the 4th of April and around the ECHL, Florida was winner 3-2 on Monday, April 4th in overtime over the Orlando Solar Bears. On the 5th, it was Indy falling to the Kalamazoo Wings by a score of 5-2 at K-Wings Event Center. And then April 6th, this past Wednesday the 6th, it was Toledo in Fort Wayne to battle the Fort Wayne Comets in a big game at the Coliseum. As Fort Wayne jumped out to an early 1-0 lead from Graber, his 26th of the season from Jones and Petrozelli on the power play. It was 1-0 Comets. And then before Preston getting his first of the season from Hotch for Toledo, making it a 1-1 game, Fort Wayne then capitalized in the half bottom half of that frame with Coleran getting his fifth of the season from Kennedy and Burris making it 2-1 Comets after 20 minutes of play. Then T.J. Hensick, the 20, his 21st goal of the season from Lowry and Barry, making it a 2-2 game at the 47 seconds into the second period. Fort Wayne then capitalized with two goals in that in that second period, where Portello getting his 16th of the season for Brubaker and Graver, and then Petrozelli from Graver and Stalback at the 10:04 mark of the second period, before Brandon Hawkins had a beautiful goal on. Wednesday night, his 28th of the season from Gonzola and Hensick on the power play, making it a 4-3 game in favor of Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne puts the dagger in in the third period as Brubrecker getting his first from Jones and Tolfak 
and that was the final as Toledo falls to the Fort Wayne Comets by a score of 5-3 to three on Wednesday, April 6th at, in Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne outshot Toledo in the game 42-29. to 29. Toledo was 1-for-3 on the power play. Fort Wayne perfect at 1-for-1. One it was it was Drizola starting for Toledo. He stopped 37 of 42, his save percentage of a point eight nine five. Harvey, the win, he stopped 26 of 29, his save percentage of point nine two five. In front of a good crowd of 7,634 in attendance, two, two hours and 22 minutes took to play the game last Wednesday, April 6th. Other scores from around the league. Tulsa was a winner 6-1 over Wichita. Florida, a 7-1 win over the Atlanta Gladiators. Reading, a 4-3 win over the Adirondack Thunder. The Lions of Travos beat up on the Cincinnati Cyclones, 4-2. Norfolk, a 4-1 win over the Orlando Solar Bears. South Carolina, a 3-2 win over the Jacksonville Icemen. Maine fall to the Worcester Railers, 4-3. Wheeling, a 6-4 win over the Iowa Heartlanders. Kansas City falls to the Allen Americans, 7-4. And Utah, a 4-1 win over the Idaho Steelheads. On the 7th of April, Orlando a 7-4 win over the Norfolk Admirals. In overtime, Greenville a 5-4 win over the Rapid City Rush. On Friday, April 8th, games from around the league. Newfoundland was a winner 3-2 over Cincinnati, wheeling a 2-1 win over Indianapolis. It was Reading a 4-1 win over the Maine Mariners. Greenville a 6-3 win over Rapid City. Florida a 5-1 win over the South Carolina Stingrays. The Lions shut down the Worcester Railers. 6-0. Jacksonville, a 4-1 win over the Atlanta Gladiators. You had Kalamazoo fall to the Iowa Heartlanders, 4-2. In overtime, Kansas City, a 3-2 win over the Allen Americans. Tulsa, an 8-2 win over the Wichita Thunder. And the Idaho Steel has a 3-1 win over the Utah Grizzlies. Toledo then took on Fort Wayne again in the second game of the series. Second game in Fort Wayne for the weekend. As Fort Wayne was wearing the Blues Clues Drivia jerseys and Matt Berry started off and found the clue and buried it past goaltender Pefney uh, yeah, off of Harvey excuse me making it a one nothing lead Berry his 21st of the season for Hosh making it a one nothing game Fort Wayne's Alvaro getting his 18th of the season for Schubaker and Cooper making it a 1-1 game Toledo's then Brandon Hawkins Getting his first of the night, his 29th of the season from Albert and Hensick, making it a 2-1 game. He had a beautiful goal in the game. I want to say it was in right there in the first period, the 10:53 mark of the first period. Avero then in the same period getting his second of the game, 19th of the season from Malice and McCullough, making it a 2-2 game. And then Matt Barry getting his second of the night. His 22nd of the season at the 14:33 mark of the period, making it a 3-2 game after 20 minutes of play for Mitchell Hurd and Magic. And then Toledo just poured it on into the second as Brandon Hawkins getting his second of the game, his 30th of the season from Gazola and Milosic on the power play, making it a 4-2 game. Preston again getting his second of the season from Malchik and Lowry on the power play again, 5-2 Toledo. Clark then puts the dagger in in the second period and the final score of the game as Clark gets his eighth of the season from Boeing and Preston. 6-2 Toledo. That was the final at the Memorial Coliseum as Toledo beats up on Fort Wayne 6-2. Belozic stopping 26-28. His save percentage of a point, 9-5-0. Harvey stopped 7-12. of 12. He let in five goals before being pulled. 
Pefferty comes in to relieve him, stopping 14 of 15 in the game. Toledo was outshot by Fort Wayne in the game, 28-27. Toledo was 2 for 3 on the power play. Fort Wayne was 0 for 4 in front of 7,526. Two hours, 31 minutes took to play the game at the Coliseum. So a great game for the Fish. On Saturday the 9th, Newfoundland a 6-3 win over Cincinnati. South Carolina a 6-3 win over Florida. Fort Wayne gets a 5-4 win over Kalamazoo. Reading a 5-3 win over the Maine Mariners. Wooster a 3-2 win in overtime over the Lions of Travos. Atlanta a 5-3 win over Jacksonville. Uh, Indy gets a 6-2 win over Iowa. Allen a 4-1 win over Wichita Thunder. And Utah shuts down the Steelheads by a score of 4 nothing. Toledo then traveled down the Ohio River to the beautiful city of Wheeling, West Virginia that battled the Wheeling Nailers at West Banco Arena. And Toledo gets a huge win. This is a huge win for them on Saturday night. As Wheeling jumped out to an early lead for Hull, getting his 11th of the season from McPatterson in waiting, it's one nothing Nailers before Matt Berry getting his 23rd of the season from Penderson. It's 1-1 after 20 minutes of play. Wheeling then gets two goals in the, in the second period, one from Foley, his second of the season from Doherty, and Matissimo, his 17th of the season from Delorio, at the 5-18 mark of the second period, and it's 3-1 Wheeling halfway through the second before Brandon Hawkins getting his 31st of the season from Hensick and Clark on the power play at the 18-32 mark of the period. It's 3-2 Fish at 3-2 Nailers after 40 minutes of play. Toledo turned it on as Brett Boeing getting, his, getting two goals in the period, his 21st and 22nd of the season, giving the Walleye the big 4-3 win in West Virginia. Malosic stopping 25 of 28 in the game. Delorio getting the loss, stopping 24 of 28. Toledo 1 for 4 on the power play. Wheeling 0 for 4 as Toledo and Wheeling ended up in a tie for shots at 28 shots apiece. 1,722 in attendance of a 2-hour and 21-minute game that took place at West Banco Arena on Saturday. The Sunday, the concluding games around the East Coast Hockey League saw like this. Cincinnati was a winner 5-4 of the Newfoundland Growlers. Adirondack beats up on the Wooster Railers 6-4. Kalamazoo a 2-1 win over the Fort Wayne Comets in overtime. It was the Reading Royals a 2-1 win over the Maine Mariners. Greenville a 7-6 win over Rapid City. Wichita beats up on Allen 5-3. The final game for the Fish of the weekend was in the same city of Wheeling, West Virginia as they took on the Wheeling Nailers. Now the Nailers, a big win for them, was lost on Saturday. They bounced back with a big win on Sunday. As Hawkins did get the goal, goal started, scoring started for his 32nd of the season from Gazola and Albert on the power play, making it a one nothing Fish lead. Then Howell getting his 12th of the season in the second period. No, By the way, no scoring in the first period. By the way, this is all scoring in the second and third period. Howell getting his 12th of the season from Waiting and Hansinger tying the game at one apiece after 40 minutes of play. Boeing then getting his 23rd of the season from Schultz, making it a 2-1 game, and then the Nailers capitalize as Joslin getting his 14th of the season from Amelia, tying the game at two apiece, and then Hansinger at the 9-23 mark of the third period from Katera and Waiting, making the 3-2 game. That was the final as Drolsuk loses for the Fish. He stopped 40 of 43 in the game. Giron stopping 23 of 25 in the game 
as Salida was outshot by the Wheeling Nailers 43 to 25 in the game as they fell 3 to 2 to the Wheeling Nailers. Toledo 1 for 2 on the power play, Wheeling 0 for 2. In front of 1,276 fans, 2 hours, 29 minutes took to play the game at West Banco Arena. So there's no games happening tonight on the 11th. Games tomorrow, Adirondack is in Travos, the Battle of the Lions. Jacksonville is in Orlando, the Battle of the Solar Bears. Toledo is on the road. They are in Indy on Wednesday. 7 o'clock puck drop for that one. Toledo 47-19, 1-2 overall. Other team games happening Wednesday. Greenville is in Jacksonville, the Battle of the Icemen. Wheeling is in Kalamazoo to Battle of the Wings. Redding is in Maine to Battle of the Mariners. Wooster's in Travos to Battle of the Lions. South Carolina is in Norfolk to Battle of the Admirals. Iowa is in Allen to Battle of the Americans. Kansas City is in Wichita to Battle of the Thunder. Tulsa is in Rapid City to Battle the Rush on Wednesday. And then the weekend series looks like this. On the 15th of April, Friday, Redding is in Adirondack. Toledo is in Kalamazoo. Wooster is in Travos. Orlando is in Greenville. Fort Wayne is in Wheeling to Battle of the Nailers. Newfoundland is in Maine to battle the Mariners. Atlanta is in Florida. South Carolina and Norfolk. Indy is in Cincinnati. Iowa is in Allen. Wichita is in Kansas City. Tulsa is in Rapid City. Idaho is in Utah. And then the final games, which are on Saturday, the 16th of April, which is the concluding game, if I'm not mistaken, concluding games of the regular season for the Fish. Games on Saturday, 3 o'clock puck drops. The Lions will host the Rooster Railers. Newfoundland is in Maine. Atlanta is in Florida. Cincinnati is in Indy. Orlando is in Jacksonville. Adirondack is in Wheeling. Uh, Adirondack is in Redding, excuse me. Wheeling is in Fort Wayne to battle the Comets. Greenville is in Norfolk. Iowa is in Allen. Kansas City is in Wichita. Tulsa is in Rapid City. Idaho is in Utah. Toledo will host... Kalamazoo for the last last home game of the regular season on Saturday night, 7-15 puck drop for that one at the Huntington Center. Sunday, Newfoundland is in Adirondack. Greenville is in Norfolk. And then that gets us into the playoff system. So with all that set in mind, there is up here's the updated standings going into this week's play. As we'll start with the Central Division, Toledo has clinched the Central Division with a record of 47-19, 1-2 with 97 points. Fort Wayne, 38-25, 6-1 with 83 points. Wheeling is 39-4-0 with 76 points. And Cincinnati is 36-31-3-0 with 75 points. Top four teams will play each other in each division. So Kalamazoo is 36-32, 1-0 with 73 points. Indy, 31-33, 2-3 with 67 points. Iowa, 28-32, 8-1 with 65 points. In the Mountain Division, where the, the West is, it will be Utah, who is 40-27, and 2-1 with 83 points. Rapid City is 34-24, 6-5 with 79 points. Tulsa, 35-28, 3-3 with 76 points. The Allen Americans, 33-27, 8-1 with 75 points. Idaho, 36-31, 2-3 with 
2-1 with 75 points. Kansas City, 30-32-5-2 and two with 67 points. And Wichita, 26-34-9-0 with 61 points. Eastern Conference will start with the North Division, led by the Reading Royals, who are 43-16-7-2 with 95 points. Newfoundland, 41-23-0 with 85 points. The Lions are 31-28-5-1 with 68 points. Worcester, 31-31-4-2 with 68 points. The Maine Mariners, 30-31-5-3 with 68 points as well. And the uh, Adirondack Thunder, 27-37-3-0 with 57 points. South Division, led by the Florida Everblades at 40-26-4 with 90 points. Atlanta, 43-23-3-1 with 90 points. Jacksonville, 38-26-3-2 with 81 points. Greenville, 32-27-5-4 with 73 points. Orlando, 32-29-6-1 with 71 points. South Carolina, 27-37-6-0 with 60 points. And the Norfolk Admirals, 26-37-2-3 with 57 points. Top team of the league is the Walleye at 97 points. Reading is right there with 95 points at 43-16-7-2. So this is a coming down to the wire to see who's going to get the Bradham Cup. It's coming down to the wire. Conference-wise, Walleye lead the Western Conference with the best record. Reading has the best record in the East. It's, show, it's shaping up, folks that it's going to be Toledo versus Reading for the final. But we don't know. We don't know until you play to win the game. That's what happens. That's what happens. You play to win the game. Transactions happening around the East Coast Hockey League going into this weekend's play. Uh, nothing really big around the around the Western, around the Central Division for the Fish. Uh Nothing big, of course. Like I mentioned before, uh, games tomorrow will be, like I said, Adirondack in the Lions and Jacksonville in Orlando. Walleye's final home game is this upcoming Saturday. They'll have two games beforehand, starting with Wednesday night in Indianapolis, the Battle of the Fuel, 7 o'clock puck drop for that one. Then they're in Kalamazoo on Saturday for a 7.15 puck drop, for, excuse me, a 7 o'clock puck drop for that one, 7.15 puck drop Saturday against those same K-Wings at the Huntington Center. Get your tickets, 419-725-WALL. Playoff tickets are now available as well by going to 419-725-WALL or ToledoWalleye.com. So get down to the ice, support the fish for the final home final game of the regular season as well as the play as well as the playoffs. And like I mentioned before, the playoffs will start the following weekend, which is the 22nd and 23rd are the scheduled home games for that which is a Friday and a Saturday. We don't know the opponent. We'll find that out this upcoming weekend. If it shapes up how it will be, it's always one versus four, two versus three. So if the playoffs started today, Toledo would play Cincinnati in the first round of the divisional semifinals, and then they would for a best of five series, and then they would play Fort. Then the they play the winner of Fort Wayne versus Wheeling. That would be a good matchup right there. So we'll see how that all shakes out. As you're listening to All Indie for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and however you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now let's head down Magnolia Lane. 
to the beautiful city of Augusta, Georgia. And let's recap the 2022 Masters. We have a new Masters champion at Augusta National as an old beautiful American-born player has won the Masters trophy from start to finish. Scotty Scheffler is your 2022 Masters Champion. I am your host, Andy Alfred, coming to you from the Man Cave Studios here in East Toledo, Ohio, as we're going to recap the 2022 Masters. And for me, I watched a lot of golf this past weekend from Thursday. Even though I was in, on the road in Col to Columbus, I did have uh, Sirius XM, so I was listening to Masters Radio, which is Sirius XM 92 with Mike Tirico and a bunch of other golf analysts and watching Golf Channel throughout the day on Thursday as Thursday morning, watching ESPN, watching ESPN Plus's coverage of it Thursday, on Friday morning with Tiger Woods. It was honestly, it's the rite of passage to spring. It begins spring as bring for me. It begins the sign that I can go out to the golf course and start swinging the golf clubs and playing golf with my friends. It's the sign of spring has arrived as the Masters Tournament took place this past week. As uh, it was a great round. Weather conditions were iffy on Thursday and Friday as well as on Saturday. It was a cold, brisk day on Saturday. They were a half hour behind on Thursday, but they made, they made sure they got it through. And it was a great tournament, I think, in my opinion, as Scotty Scheffler wins the tournament, wins the green jacket from the defending champion from the defending champion Hideki Matsuyama. Matsuyama, the defending champion, had a great outing, but Scheffler shot a 10 under par for his th four rounds. He shot a 69 in the first, 67 in the second, a 71 in the third, and a 71 in the fourth round. Rory McIlroy finishes in second spot at 7 under par, a 73, 73, 71, and a beautiful round in the fourth round. A 64 gets him to second place. Tie for third was Shane Lowry at 5 under par. His four rounds consisted of a 73, 68, 73, and 69, with the par being 72 in the four rounds. Smith from Australia, 5 under par, tie for third. He shot a 68, 74, 68, and 73 in his four rounds. Colin Morikawa finishes in fifth spot at four under par. He shot a 73, 70, 74, and 67. Will Zalatoris finishes tied for sixth with a 71, 72, a 75 in round three, and a 67 in round four. Connors, three under par, tied for sixth, finishes with a 70, 73, 72, and 70. For those four rounds, tied for six. Justin Thomas to finish his tie for eighth at the 76, 72, 72, and 72 for one under par. It's in finishes also tied for eighth at one under par for a 70, 67, 74, 71, and a 75 to finish tie for eight with Justin Thomas at the Masters Tournament. Other notable scores, Dustin Johnson, one over par, shot a 67, 73, 75, and 72 tie for 12th, as well as 
Lee Westwood, two over par, tie for 14th. A 72, 74, 73, and 71. Gooch also tied at two over par with a 72, 74, 73, and 71. The defending champion Hideki Matsuyama finishes two over par for the tournament. He shot a 72, 69, a 77 in round three, and a 72 in round four. Tommy Fleetwood, two over par. He shot a 75, 72, 70 and 73 in his rounds through the four days. Sergio Garcia tied for 23rd, finishes three over par with a 72, 74, 74, and 71. John Rahm, who I had my pick to win the Masters Tournament, finishes tied for 27th at four over par with a 74, 72, 77, and 69 in his rounds. The four more mentioned. Tiger Woods finishes in 47th at 13 over par. He shot a 71 in his first round on Thursday. Shot a 74 in his round two to make the cut. But Saturday and Sunday were daunting for him as he shot 78s on Sunday and on Saturday. Finishes 13 over par for the tournament, unfortunately. Daniel Berger tied for 50th, finishes 15 over par, shot a 71, 75, 77, and an 80 in his tournament run. The players that missed the cut, Brooks Kepta, Jordan Speet, as well as Bryson DeChambeau, Xander Shoffley, Fred Couples, Gary Woodland, Justin Rose, to name a few that missed the cut. Unfortunately, Paul Casey had to withdraw, as well as Lily Oosthuizen withdrew after he shot a 76 in the first round, could not continue into the tournament. So, oh, by the way, Tony Finau, 6 over par, 71, 75, 74, and 74, tied for 35th. Bubba Watson, 7 over par, 73, 73, 78, and 71. So the Masters have concluded... For this year, the Masters Tournament, Shifley winning $2.7 million, McElroy $1.6 million, Lowry $870,000, Cameron Smith $870,000, and Colin Morikawa $600,000 in the earnings. The PGA now moves on. To their next tournament, which will be this upcoming Thursday, which is the RBC Heritage, taking place in Hilton Head, South Carolina. The Stuart Sink is the defending champion of that one. Also, got to make mention of this as we are playing the Masters in the background. As this weekend will be the Lot Championship, which will start on Wednesday. As Lydia Ko is the defending champion of the tournament. Of the LPGA Championship event. It will be then the JBC LA Open. And then the JBC Championship at Palos Verdes. Before they start making their way back across the country. And June 16th and 19th is the LP, Meyer LPGA Classic. In Belmont, Michigan. At Blyersfield Country Club. Nelly Corda is the defending champion for that one. We'll see how that all shakes out. 
as you are listening to All Andy Yell for tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and however you're listening, thank you for tuning into the program tonight. As we kill the music and we get back into some regular other regular sports news. Also, we heard the heartbreaking news, of course, coming out from the National Football League as ex as quarterback uh, Dwayne Haskins has passed away at the age of 25. The quarterback from the Pittsburgh Steelers was hit by a car and died from his injuries. He has passed on from passed on and uh, our thoughts and prayers are with the Haskins family as well as all of Buckeye Nation to that the Buckeyes will honor him at the spring game this upcoming week as Ryan Day says that he was a nice individual one of the nicest individuals out there running backs coach Brown has passed away at the age of 52 uh, the sad to see that as well um so that's the NFL news. Of course, the NBA has come down to the final, has now come down to the playing games. And the regular season is done. So it's now the playing games. The seventh seed and the eighth seed will play each other tomorrow as the Cavs travel to Brooklyn to battle the Nets at 7 p.m. tip off. Brooklyn, an eight and a half point favorite. The nightcap sees the Clippers in Minnesota to battle the Timberwolves. That's a 7 8 matchup as well. And then the 9-10 play-in matchup on ESPN sees the Hornets battling the Hawks and the Pelicans battling the Spurs at 9-30 before we get into the playoff play the playing games as the eighth seed will battle each other out. So we'll see how that all shakes out as well. Other news, of course, pro wrestling. The big news, of course, is that we, since the last time we spoke, WrestleMania took place, and the big news is that Cody Rhodes has now joined WWE, coming from AEW, signing signing a multi-year deal with WWE. It's a big move for them. I like the move. I like Cody Rhodes. I think it's going to be interesting. He's got a feud tonight match as Monday Night Raw is from beautiful Little Caesars Arena in the heart of downtown Detroit tonight as Cody Rhodes is scheduled to face the Miz later this evening on Monday Night Raw. So that's a that's a that's a matchup to watch out for. That's a match to watch out for. So uh, like I mentioned before, also gotta make mention of this, the NCAA men's tournament, of course, Kansas, a winner seventy uh, over seventy two sixty nine over the North Carolina Tar Heels in the NCAA tournament. We have our final winners final winner, of course, for the NCAA for the all Andy Alford Bracket Challenge 2022. The winner is, of course, of A. Gilliam 60. She outranked everybody, beating Kansas with a total max point of 990 points. So my wife, Amanda, will be on the show. She'll get an opportunity to talk about whatever she wants to talk about right here on the podcast going forward. So we'll have her on in the next few weeks. Stay tuned for that as, as college basketball is now done. NCAA hockey is now done. We're now into college baseball season, but baseball is the rite of passage now for baseball for this time of year. Baseball and golf, and now we're getting into the end of the winter sports, which is NBA with their playing games, as well as the NHL postseason, which is up and coming. So I'm looking forward to all of that. 
You should be looking forward to this show, which you're listening to tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and however you're listening. Thank you for tuning into the show tonight. And now we have come to the end of the program tonight. It is now time for Andy Rants. So it's now time for Andy Rants tonight. And I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning into the show tonight. And if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do shows each week right here on the Anchor Network on all Andy Alford. And if you haven't liked our Facebook page, like our Facebook page as well as follow us on Twitter. It is at all Andy Alford as well as on Facebook.com slash Alford. So time for Andy Rants tonight. And one of the big rant tonight for me is what I witnessed Saturday night at the Little Caesars Arena. Uh, you know, the officiating on Saturday night was a little sus, in my opinion. Uh, I felt like there was a, was a lot of bad calls in going both either ways. Um, I felt like this game, that game Saturday night, was more tailored towards the Blue Jackets than anything else. I felt like the Jackets had the momentum. And you knew that Detroit was not was not going to go down without a fight, and they did go, and they were very, 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 very good in their defensive zones. Not very good in their defensive zones, but I will say this: you know, the fans are very passionate in Detroit. You know, I met a few few of them there. Uh, they were into it, of course, and even the ushers and the stadium employees were so far into it; they were booing and everything like that. You know, but. For me, I felt like I was a little bit safer. I was safer at Nationwide Thursday night because I was with my other, with my fan base, the Blue Jacket fan base, than I was on the road. I do like going to Little Caesars for road games and stuff like that. And know, I know my wife and I like going there. Uh, they probably have some of the best Italian cheese bread from Little Caesars there. That is perfect. Um. Uh. You know, and it's and it's decently placed, and it's close to us to watch a watch a hockey game. And you know, if you ever want to catch a, a, a an NHL game, you know, Little Caesars is the right place for that. Uh, there's not a bad spot in the building for that for that. But uh, I felt like the the quality on the ice was better Saturday night between the two teams that were not making the postseason and nothing more to play for. And that's what this is. You're playing. There, everybody's playing for their jobs now. Towards the end of the season, forget that the playoff. You know, the playoff teams have clinched. Most of the playoff teams have clinched already. The best hockey out there right now to watch is the teams that are not making the postseason because you have players that are fighting for contracts for what next season will bring. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see what this what Ken Johnson's going to do. I'm excited what Nick Blackburn's going to do. I'm excited to see what the Jackets have to come forward in the on the off season. Hopefully, we can resign Lining. I've I've come around full circle to Lining. I th- I think that we do need to have him in the lineup. I think he is a key piece to this team. Um. But it, the question is, will he stay? That's the that's the real question. Can can Columbus recruit him to stay as a Jacket? It's it's the biggest question. It really is. It's the biggest question out there. Can can Yarmo get the job done and keep Patrick Line in Columbus? We shall see. You know, I do like the young youth that we have with Andrew Peak and Justin Danforth and Jack Roslevic and now with Ken Johnson and everything like that. I think Robinson's gonna be interesting to see how that happens. I think Mill Benstrom 
you know, who's who's going to have a job and who's going to have to who is going to have to make who's going to make the club and who's going to be sitting on the pine or riding in in Cleveland. That's the big question. You know, we'll see. Uh, second thing, opening day for the Mud Hens was fantastic. Uh, got an opportunity to go with my wife. Uh, a little under the weather at the beginning of the day, but I felt a lot better as the day went on. Once we got to the game, it was fantastic. Uh, I'll tell you this much, food prices have gone up a bit. Uh, there is no more kids' hot dogs. So now it's a regular hot dog. Now it costs you $4.25, so be prepared for that. Uh, souvenir soda now costs you about $6. They have new uh, souvenir beer bats, which I kind of like. Um, it's a 22-ounce beer glass that's in a shape of a plastic bat, which is pretty cool. I, I, I like that. Uh, but the Mud has never did anything with regarding a new food items, new items for the season or anything like that. They're just giving you the same thing. And what got me the most is that they're selling Stouffer's Macaroni and Cheese in a Sunday Stadium Bowl, which is probably about, I don't know, about, probably about an 8-ounce cup. They're selling it for $5.25. You know how many Stouffer's uh, meals you can get at the grocery store for that five twenty-five for that little bowl of mac and cheese. You can get two to three Stouffer's. Come on, Montans, give me a break. You know, if you're gonna give me a bowl of mac and cheese, give me a bowl of mac and cheese. I think the best thing that they have this year is down the third baseline, towards the scoreboard. There's a Stanley's Polish Market cart, and they have. Kielbasa sandwiches, and you can either have it done in white or rye roll with sauerkraut, peppers, and onions for $6. If you don't want to spend $4.25 for just a plain old hot dog to put ketchup and mustard on it, go to that cart and get that, get that kielbasa sandwich. It's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, but the funny thing is we went down to Coop's, this place that is uh, owned by Ed, who... Who owns, by, who owns the Blarney and Focaccias, owns Coops. Coops is a ice cream sundae, and they offer Nettie's hot dogs and stuff like that. We went after the game. Had a fantastic time, fantastic time after the game with it, and enjoyed enjoyed some freezes. They have Nettie's hot dogs. We've gone, I've gone there at least three times already, and it's, it's fantastic. Uh, it's right next to Home Slice Pizza if you're ever in the downtown area. They're open from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. And uh, highly, highly recommended. Highly, highly recommended. Their slushes are fantastic. Their freezes are fan are great. The hot dogs were delicious, um, and decently, really decently priced. Got to give that. Got to give that out. So, and uh, watching a guy throw up on the street on opening day—that just—that's like a time-honored tradition. To and we were coming out of the ballpark, me and my wife were, and we were walking down Washington. We were coming up on Washington and St. Clair, and this guy was on one of those uh, City of Toledo, like, porta things, and he had his hand on his forehead. You knew he had enough. And the next thing I know, I look over, and I hear, throwing up all over Washington, all over the ground. I heard a guy say, oh, man, that man's Taking a leak on the wall. No, he ain't taking a leak. He's throwing up, brother. The guy had too much on opening day. You can't have too much. You have to pace yourself for opening day. You really, really have to do. You have to pace yourself for opening day. So there's that. Uh, make mention of this too tonight. Uh, I want to send my... This show is dedicated 
to my godfather, uh, my uncle Chichi. Um, my uncle Ed passed away uh, last week uh, before the sh- before we did the uh, MLB show. He passed away. Um, today was his funeral. Um, it was a beautiful tribute to him. Uh, one of my favorite memories with him is that we got an opportunity to go to Mud Hen opening day a few years ago, a long time ago when I was a teenager, and he went with us. It was me, my dad, and him, and it was the first time that they were selling uh, standing room only tickets. And so we stood out in left field, and we stood up against the railing and watched the Mud Hens play. I forget who it was, Durham or somebody, but it was opening day, and that was the time my dad told me that he will never stand again for Major League Baseball. But Uncle Chi-Chi was just excited because he was downtown. He was there for opening day, the first day of baseball season. A huge Lions fan, huge Tiger fan, huge Detroit sports fan. He loved fishing. He loved every. He loved his grandkids. He loved nutcrackers, decorating for Christmas. And he was a good one. He was an absolutely one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. He gave and gave and gave until... He couldn't give any more. So our thought, my thought, our thoughts and prayers are with, with his family and all those that are affected by him. And um, I love you, Uncle Chi-Chi. I hope you, uh, I hope you find eternal rest and peace in heaven, with, uh, with my aunt Barb and your wife, Aunt Geraldine, my grandmother Sophie and brother and my uncle Dave. So, uh, thoughts and prayers are with you. Love you, man. That's going to wrap it up for All Andy Elford tonight. We will be back later this week for another edition of All Andy Elford. We're looking to Thursday to preview the weekend that is ahead for the Tigers as well as the Reds and the Indians as well as the Mud Hens, too. We'll also dive into the big game on Wednesday night for the Jackets as they welcome in the Montreal Canadiens in the debut of Kent Johnson and Nick Blackberg as as they take on the Montreal Canadiens and get you set up for the final regular season week and for the Walleye. So until I talk to you on Thursday, this is Andy Alford saying, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together, the game of life. Keep your stick on the ice and remember to wear a mask. Keep yourself safe. And to the teams you root for at home. And to my teams. Go Jackets! Big win on Saturday. Keep it up against Montreal and welcome to the league, Kent. Go Walleye! Get the job done. Win the Brabham Cup. Go Tigers! Go Reds! Okay, Guardians. You know, let's see how it goes. And go Mudhens. And congratulations, Scotty Scheffler, on the Masters win. Got the clubs refitted. We're ready for golf season. Victory is sweetest. When you have tasted defeat. Have a great rest of the week, everybody. I'll talk to you on Thursday for another edition of All Andy Alfred. I love you, baby. Talk to you guys then. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Alfred Network. Powered by Anchor. You've been listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network. Whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you again for tuning into the show tonight. 
You can be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. The podcast is performed each week right here on the Anchor Network.